Hey yo, what's good? This is Pavan, aka Orifice Vagachan from the Foreign Beggars family. You are in tune to the Dukan Show. Keep it locked! Yo, check it out. A whole new generation of young people today who belong nowhere. But I prefer to be an outcast. Third culture kids where the concept of the Dukan is the, the corner shop or the top We are live outside. Hey yo, what's up people? What up nation? It's a revolution of expression. You're tuned into the Dukan Show. Stay tuned in. Arab digital generation is shaping our identity, their creative expression, and their future. Please give a very warm welcome. Welcome to your tribe. Wrong Korea company picked it up. <gasps> All the stock. No. And they just disappeared. Try, try. And they didn't give it back. Oh, wait. You can't find them. Oh, my God. You got heisted. This yeah. is a heist. <laughs> But I'm this like, is a bank heist. But like, come on, who wants to really like want tracksuits? Well, that's how know, fire bro. your tracksuits are. You know I mean? That's how know. fire your tracksuits anyway, are. So People like, actually like heisted them. So we them. lost all the stock that we sold. So we had to refund everybody. Oh my and god! And we had to pay for all of the stock as well. Oh my god! So we lost thousands, and Damn. so we just had to put a break on it because. Well, because it hurt. Yeah, <laughs> so it was we're just painful. waiting to get the money back up. Basically. <laughs> I love it. I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna put a stop to this yeah. for a second. Did you, did you like go check like stock X or I don't know where and see if anyone's like resell eBay, Masanan? No, like okay, but you know what, Pav? In the great, in the grand, in the grand scheme of your life, one day you're gonna see these, and we're gonna make them worth a lot of money because this was one of those that never hit the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? You're gonna see these and but buy it, them back. It depends where you see them. What do you actually, mean? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, I should think put about it, it right? Because yeah. it's all limited edition. So, so you I'll have how many? Whoever got these it's exclusive. ones, you're the only ones who got these ones. I should never make them again. Yeah, you never make them again. Close off the collection. There yeah. we go. And then just be like, yo, if you got one, dope. If not, we're really sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> that's the way. And then, yeah, then, cool, then they'll actually. resurface. I'm going to do, do a little thing about it. Yeah, do that. Or, or it could be like, you know, those Garfield phones that wash up on that like <laughs> yeah. uh, French beach. <laughs> There's a, there, was a, there was a container full of Garfield yeah. phones, like Garfield the cat. Yeah. And so for years, since like the 80s, these phone, these phones have been washing up on. Is it a phones beach. or phone covers? Not no phones. No, no, it was an actual like actual like nineteen eighty phones. That's cable amazing. phone, Akali. right? So for for wow. the longest time, this beach in France had these Garfield phones washing up on them because the the container, the freight container, sunk. It was a part like it sunk, and then it's just getting. So washed if you happen up. to live by the beach, you got a Garfield phone. Straight up, Garfield right? was a heavy cat, you know. You know, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> this could be like that. One day there'll mm-hmm. be like a it's it's hidden in the back of a container somewhere. And it'll end up in like Kenya, and then foreign will be this big, yo. or like Djibouti. Thank God you're like, in movie production, dream. Thank bro, God, like you, you, amazing, yo, man. I'm straight telling up. You. you go to Zanzibar on vacation, and then some guys walk around. Your, <laughs> <laughs> your tour guides rock your foreign beggars tracks. Or your college cruise ship, and you're getting robbed by some Somali pirates, and they're rocking, and they're, and they're rocking it. <laughs> Like, how do you? Yeah. Say, no, you're like, no, no, I'm the captain. Don't you get it? Captain Phillips, Captain Phillips, do you find the whole fashion is all foreign beggars? I'm just, okay, first of all, but I'm, like, it, I'm so sorry that happened, but legit, I think you can turn it into the dopest like, story. You can do a story, yeah. you can do another clothing line and make a story based on the one that got stolen, but local, yeah, yeah, another cap, yeah. I'm definitely with it, anyway. <laughs> so, Pav, because I as I said, I don't know how much you know about um. Showing how we structure, but we kind of just talk. Do this yeah. just jump this into is the conversation. This, this is it. Yeah, it, it doesn't get better. Know. It doesn't get any better or worse than this. We've been recording the second you went through the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Akawi. That is true. It's been I three mean, minutes. Repress one of the whistle shuttle. Oh, no, so no, this no, is, no. This, this is, is This is a man of music. No, 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 no. He's gonna love. He's this. a man of music stature. No. <laughs> 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 See what I mean? 
<laughs> you know what? Yeah, I've got. I installed one of those in my bathroom on my flush. You did. Same <laughs> <laughs> so time I'm done with the toilet. I'm like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let yeah. us celebrate ourselves. <laughs> yeah. The victories, the small victories. Yeah. That is genius. I think we need that in our toilet too. Oh my god, no. We, I can't, we should invest in installing one here. No. Bro, don't give us ideas is, about is making there it. Not? Shut up. <laughs> no. We already have too many ideas that we don't want to do. I, oh, come on. I think this is this is v- the best vetoed. one. This idea has been vetoed. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> We're done now. We're done. <laughs> no, but this was great. So Pavan man, I'm so happy you're here, man. Yeah, I yeah. Think it's good to It's been you, long man. overdue. Yeah, I've been watching you guys grow from the beginning, man. From before Instagram days, you get me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I've seen you do your thing since... For the IG wars. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's Way good, before. man. It's good to be... It's good to see so much stuff happening in Dubai, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've yeah. been... Just, I mean, I've been here from the beginning, so I've just been seeing how everything's been progressing and kind of kind of involved myself where I feel relevant, you know? Yeah. I mean? So it's nice to actually be in a place where... Every time I go out, you know, you meet international, interesting new people, local people doing all kinds of progressive, crazy stuff that I'm into. You know? So I feel a bit yeah. like, oh. You know. My people. Yeah, it's nice. It's My nice. People. Yeah. How, well, how long have you been here for? Because I, I think a lot of people don't here. know. I was born yeah. here. See? A lot of people don't know that. One year, I was born in Rashid Hospital, 1980. Boom. Boom. So wait, in Dubai, is there, because in Abu Dhabi, <laughs> there's that one hospital where we're all born. Anyone that was born in Abu Dhabi, it was Mustashfa al Yeah, yeah. Abu Dhabi, Mustashfa al Dubai is Rashid Hospital. Okay, I got the Dubai's lowdown. Rashid Hospital plus a little bit later Iranian Hospital. There's That's a few. True. There's a, there's been a few hospitals here, okay. but Rashid Hospital is the OG. Yeah, and what, and if what, I meet from somebody from my era, I'm like <laughs> anywhere like, in the world. Yeah. Rashid Hospital. Rashid Hospital. We yeah, could have yeah. been switched. We could have been switched. <laughs> yeah. And um, where when did you leave for the UK? Um, I went to uh, left when I was actually first left when I was ten years old. I went to boarding school there because mm-hmm. my dad had it in his head. When you're 10, you're going to boarding school. You know, he, <laughs> he was born in Beirut. He grew up in Lebanon. So, yeah. you know, and then the war broke out there and then he got sent to boarding school. So he's like, this is what's going to happen with my son. Does the mic keep breaking up? You need to yeah, stay, like, stay very close. You got to gotta speak directly. All right, yeah. So imagine you're on You're on MC. You know how to do this. <laughs> on different, different. Anyway. Yeah. So he sent us to boarding school and, and uh, incidentally, the Gulf War broke out then at the same time. So my younger brothers were eight. They came to boarding school as well. So they, they just put there. you where you were safe, pretty much. Yeah, they just, you know, because I mean, it was crazy. They were yeah. talking about the British Embassy was handing out gas masks and like that, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. my parents were like, all right, cool, let's get these kids out of here. So, so yeah, I went to boarding school in England for about six years in Kent and then came back to Dubai in 96. Actually, started rapping in Dubai in 96. Okay. In 96? Where, where, where did you yeah, rap in Dubai in 96? Bro, it was all house parties. <laughs> no, but what what were you talking about? Like, <laughs> bro, listen, like that time, you know, I mean, that was three, I've been listening to Wu-Tang for three years, so, so we were okay. talking hip hop, you know what I mean? Yeah. We were, I'd started writing graffiti in about 93, 94, so I'd already been kind of part of the underground hip hop movement and I'd been mm-hmm. painting all over the world and I had lots of friends who were rappers, but, you know I mean? I've been listening to, listening to, you know, hip hop since like, 89, you know, since yeah. Public Enemy. Like, incidentally, my mom's best friend that she grew up with in California was working at Sony Music. And every month she used to send us, like, you know, every few months she sends us a big box of promos. So any of the new stuff that was coming out. That's so it. lovely. Yeah, like whether it was Alice in Chains or whether it was wow. Public Enemy or whether it was Rap. I heard a rumor you were the plug back in the day too. Brother, been the plug. You <laughs> <laughs> need fam. You what used you to need? hook up all the guys with one. Used used to, plugs, plug. Cost. I wish, you, 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 you used should have known him in high school and used to sell. I wish I did. Cassettes. I wish I did. But I was, you used to sell cassettes? I was the charger boy. No, but yeah. you know what? Like, the beautiful thing is like, the beautiful thing about those days is that, I mean, I say beautiful because it meant so much to me. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, like it was very limited to the music that you could get here. 
because everything was, you know, like even the Thompson original, all of that yeah. stuff was pure mm-hmm. pirated stuff. But yeah. what they would they used to do is just, just look at the Billboard charts, the UK top forty, whatever's the top Billboard charts of that week, they'd immediately pirate it and bring it through. But you know, in those days, the censorship laws are really strong. So remember, you used to get Cosmopolitan magazine. Everything oh yeah, everything was blacked, blacked out. out. Yeah. Like even Archie comics, certain pages were blacked out. You know yep. what I'm saying? But then. With the music thing, it had to happen so quickly and everything was moving so fast that unless something was blatantly brazen, yeah. you know, they'd lock it off. So, but incidentally, you know, like NWA hit the Billboard charts, bang, there was NWA tapes here. Ice mm-hmm. Cube hit the charts, Ice Cube tapes. It was two live crew, two live crew tapes, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I was in Satwa, bought two live crew in the office street, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. So oh. I was like, these would come through the loop. Satwa that sells those yeah, tapes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they still got it. But, you know, and also there was other, like for us, like we were into the rap music, we were also into heavy metal music very, very heavily into death metal music. And then there was a few, there was a bunch of retailers over here that knew that all the kids from all the different, because like over there, the main thing that the kids were into were, we were all in bands, you know, so we were playing rock music, heavy metal music, and there was a big demand for all of these death metal CDs. Yeah. So they would like have big death metal selection under the counter. So we would get the death metal CDs, but then, yeah, it was good, man. You know, you just had to figure your way around the system. You know? like, so being into death metal and hip hop, yeah. what were you dressed, what, what did you wear, man? Depends what day. <laughs> like how confused <laughs> were you? Like, I mean, uh, for me, it's like... Is it like baggy jeans and spikes? Or like, yeah, but I mean... Baggy jeans and spikes. I think, yo, yo, chill out, bro. Hold it down. I mean, all of this, all of the, for me, all of the cultures converged anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? Because there's skateboard culture, there's hip hop culture. Hip hop culture is, I mean, you know, I wasn't, ne- you know, I was never like, I'm gonna wear black jeans and paint my face white and be look like a, you know, like, a, like yeah. A, yeah. you know, that that kind of fan, but. You know, we had a broad spectrum of things we were into. So, you know, we'll wear, wear fat jeans, or wear my spliffy jeans, my blue bolt jeans, or my Carl Kanai, but I'd have like a Napalm Death t-shirt on. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was good. <laughs> we were good to go, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was wearing skate shoes, you know, but it's like, but then at the same time, all the, you know, every, everybody was into every. It's the same It's the same as open-minded kids are now without the internet, do you know what I'm saying? But being from Dubai as well, I think like those days before the internet, you had to really fight for the music and really kind of had yeah. to, you, you know, so that uh, like, I think the fashion came into it in certain places. If I go to a new city, say I'm in a new city in the States I've never been to and I'm there with my family, but I want, you know, I need to find the people who are, you know, I, I can relate to and I want to go to the hip hop show and I'll see the guys wearing the hip hop clothes and go speak to them mm-hmm. and then figure it out from there. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. then, or, you know, if you want to go to a heavy metal concert, you'll speak to the guys who look in heavy metal. But yeah. I think for, for the kids in Dubai, because there weren't so many of us here, and we were kind of into everything. You know, I mean, we were into Nirvana, but we were into Pantera. We were into skateboarding, we were into graffiti. We were into, you know, all of those things together, you know? So it's like, especially with music, because that was a really important time for electronic music as well. Do you know what I'm saying? So electronic music was got, yeah. there was like, you know, Prodigy, Left Field, Aphex Twin, you know, Bjork was about, you oh, know, wow. it was like, yeah. and you know, it was jungle music, it just started, I'm talking yeah. about 92, 93, 94, we were like wow. hardcore going into jungle music, and then, because we were, Dubai is such a beautiful international place, all the kids from all the school, we would all hang out together, like yeah. most people come to my house, because we had a room in the back that we could jam, so we'd have three, four different bands of kids over every day, all playing music and jamming, but everybody's from, you know, everyone's from everywhere, like, mm. you know, all over the States, all over Europe, India, Pakistan, Turkey, wherever you're from, you know, everyone's bringing their flavor and stuff they're into. And every time everybody, every time someone travels, they come back with so much stuff, you know, and it was all about physically sharing music those days. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it was like, Oh, God, there was, 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 no, was a double tape deck recorder, so you'd have Bro. that one that you'd have record yeah. into the other. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, was, it was really important, like because we because we also because we can we couldn't go to Choi Thrums and buy Kerrang magazine. No, we couldn't buy the source. We couldn't buy Hip Hop Connection in any of these places. So everybody bringing their stuff back and us being able to share that made it you know 
you know, it, it gave it gave yeah. it like a sentimentality. Yeah, like so there's, it a, it's, there's and, a sentiment to it, like a deep be, sentiment. And also because everybody was so different, everybody was so in, because there was a limited access to information. Everybody was learning about everything. Yes. You know? yes, I could talk to my friend about Pearl Jam, but like like this guy over here, he looks like indie kid. But we'll be talking about Pearl Jam. We'll be talking about Aphex Twin. We'll be talking about you know exhibit. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's what. But so you, what you're saying is that there was a bunch of kids that were different bands that came to your house. Yeah, every day. Every day. Yeah. Wow. And this is from this is from 90, 92, 93 yeah. till about ninety nine. But in that in that time, and I moved back to Dubai, and then I went to AUD, and I met a guy called Mustafa Halawachi, who mm. I knew when I was a kid as well. He just come back from Seattle, and there was this guy called Medi, who was mm -hmm. called Moves One, who just moved from San Diego. And we just kind of like looked different to everybody in the school. So we kind of inside, like I had you dreads. Got, you gravitated towards each other. And yeah. Tommy yeah, Gilford, yeah. Polo stuff. And then Mustafa and then Medi as well. He just moved from San Diego. So he had that full Crip style thing going <laughs> yeah. on. You know? Anyway, so we just started speaking, meeting, hanging out, doing this and that. And then we were one, one day we just at Mustafa's house chilling. And then they just pulled their raps out and they started rapping. And I was like, yo. My people. You guys <laughs> rap? Because they were really good. I was like, yo. But then I was like, I could do that. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't have any of my own bars, so I was like, no, I'm going home now. You gotta practice home. now. I went home that night and just wrote my first raps and yeah, it's literally built oh. every day since then and that was ninety six. So ninety so, so it's two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Oh wow. Think yeah. about that. So was that the birth of Los Batos? No, that was that was SKA. Los Batos was, was another crew. Do you okay. used to remember yeah. what of that course. first rap was about? Which one? The first one you wrote when you yeah. were Yeah. What, what it was? Uh, my name is MC Seizure. I'm the geezer with the intellects. Da, 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 da. Yeah, that was the flow. <laughs> <laughs> like three all bad upon the mythical. The flow is critical. I send you on a permanent sabbatical. Some like, you know, it was old school Yo. stuff. But it was, it was nice for me. It was cool because I'd, I'd heard you British rap before that. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started rapping, I never had like, I never needed to feel like, oh, I need to sound West Coast. You know, no. I just rapped in my natural accent. Yeah. Which so, I think is so, is, that's why you're to, understood. Yeah. Because he's so, you. he enunciates in a yeah. way that we all com comprehend. Everybody yeah. does. Yeah. And I think that, I think authenticity is one of the main things that has to yeah. come through in hip hop. Agreed. You know what I mean? So it's like, even when I hear an incredible rapper, but he's from Sweden, but rapping in an American accent, mm -hmm. you know, he might be incredible, but I can still hear that. It's just there's so so much so many subtleties in in yeah. the language, you know. So yeah. the, the word which sounds like it's supposed to mean something might mean something else, so that doesn't get used in English in that Agreed. way. So then that just negates the whole thing because mm -hmm. it's like, well, what what's going on here? You know what I mean? But yeah. at the same time, not to take anything away from where anybody's from or what they're doing, but I think it just needs to be like, yeah, I think I think there was just a lot more insecurity in you know people from not from America or Britain kind of having to put on this act because yeah. this mm. is like steeped in, you know, ancient kind of Western standards of supremacy and all of yeah. that crap. Definitely. You know what I mean? And I think like our generation growing up and our parents' generation definitely submitted to that a lot and accepted that was the status quo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel people are much more empowered and much more content to be themselves now. Like you can see, like you can see that when you get like, you know, India is a massive like, you know, example of, you know, place that was colonized by Britain and culturally and people having to adapt themselves and yeah. people feeling insecure about themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas like now, if you go to India, all of the kids coming up, all of the artists, all yeah. the musicians, all the fashion people, it's like nobody feels like they have to, you know, pertain to any any foreign standards of whatever. And they're just setting their tone and being unapologetically themselves, you know, which is a beautiful thing. And I think in hip hop, that is that is the most important thing that has to come through. But I think with hip hop more than more than other art forms especially is that people feel that instantly in the yeah. energy you provide and how you portray yourself and how 
as a rapper how you're it's it's in your vocal tonality, it's in your style. People can sense yeah. when something is off, like Immedi- authenticity immedi- instantly. Immediately. Yeah. 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 And I think that's the beauty of it. And what's great about this is as you're saying, like this was pre-Instagram. There were there were two high seasons for these magazines coming in, which is September because everybody just got back. Yeah, to school they got from back from summer holidays. Summer holidays, so they yeah. they picked up as many magazines and right. records as they can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, coming back in January after Christmas vacation, like these were the two times of the year. Yeah. And I think the beauty, the funny thing about it is. We're sharing these magazines all year long. But by the time it gets to you, it's old news because that was like a summer story, right? Yeah, Yeah. but it doesn't matter because you just wanted to be a part of the culture. Exactly. You just wanted to know. You just wanted to be in it. Yeah, but it was beautiful that we could actually like record tapes for each other. You know what I mean? Because then, you know, there wasn't one tape going around. It was like, no, no, everybody had to do this and you can make tapes for your friends and you can do that on your own in your own spare time. But then you had to do it in real time so you enjoyed the music while you're doing it. So, (laughs) yeah, man, it was very special, very, very special. They're great days. I mean, so to take it back, because there, there's always a list of names that pop off when people are talking about, oh, like Dubai artists or yeah. people that started out from here. Uh, obviously, such as yourself, there's Narcy, but also Ronnie Jacks. Yeah, man. And Ronnie Jacks is just one of those guys I felt like that didn't enough, didn't get enough credit or he's Bro. not pushing as much Ronnie's, as he should have been. Yeah. Like so, I wanted I wanted to you know get your stories and times with Ronnie from back in the day. Bro, Ronnie Jacks was was the OG plug for this stuff, man. Do you know what I'm saying? Like say like Danny Neville, Ronnie Jacks. I can't really think of any other DJ from here. You know, yeah. from those days who's still here representing. You know, what I'm saying yeah. like Ronnie Jacks and Shine. They were the DJ duo. <laughs> yeah, our crew was SKA, which was S Clan Assassins, and Ronnie Jacks was our DJ in the mm. group. And the way that we used to record. Oh man, it was a trip, man. No, we didn't have any studio or anything back then. So what we used to do is Ronnie, he was the first guy I ever seen with the Pioneer, the with the CD with wow. the CD decks. He 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 had the first ones and then oh, he was wow. like, nah, damn, I'm getting two. So he had two. <laughs> so he could come over and just yeah. be like cutting up and flipping it. So he yeah. had brought he used to come around to the house with two Pioneer Pioneer CD decks, mixer and one turntable to scratch it up on. Yeah. And so what we used to do is we used to take beats from other like any any you know just whatever CD that had a little drum beat in the intro. Yeah. Then we take a sample from another thing and he just cut them over so we'd make a brand new track out of those two samples there. Oh, and, what, and how we would record is that we would like he would run run the beat onto the tape so it was like okay cool so we get the beat on the tape and then after that we'll play hook up another tape player and put another tape in. Play the beat and then we. How long did it take you to make a song? There's like nine tapes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but check it, but check it. So and then we used to plug the mic into the stereo and then all four of us MCs used to stand around, play the beat, bang. So the first guy would do the intro, spit his verse, but then we do his ad libs while he's doing the verse and then yeah. the chorus. The mic would go in the middle. Everybody spits, bang to the next guy. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so we would do that and that's how we'd record the track. So it's like, but if it gets to the third guy and he. Up, then it's like you gotta oh, start gonna do it again. <laughs> so it's like you know everyone's bringing the A game when you're recording, you know. Yep. So it's like you had to get it right. So there was times where like you know when you come when you're stepping in to do it, you need to have your ready, cool, 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 bam, bam, bam. But it's amazing because like after a while, you know, we we get recorded track in two takes. You know, really, and that wow. was like for me, I feel like that was proper recording boot camp because like now nah, you want to record, oh, okay, I want to change this word, move this, and all of this kind of stuff. It was like, yeah. no, nah, you need to no. get it right, no, yeah, so, yeah, 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 the but first time or the second, yeah. Best. But that's where your performance comes from. I think that <laughs> like like deeply because for yeah. me, it's one Agreed. of those things like seeing Pavan on stage yeah. is something like yeah. you know I never I don't I'm this this is not platitudes like yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying. 
but it's like there's a light around you. It's Thanks, like man, that's very kind. You yeah, know, like when when he gets on stage, he's theatrical. At, at first, you don't. You're, you're like very like you're very colorful. Yeah. So it's just like me. You kind of peacock a bit. Yeah. But then the moment you hear the shout out to your tailor. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to your this, tailor. By the way, by the, this is just to put her on. This bubble. is her trying to get to who your tailor is. He already uh, told yeah. me. My we already got, already I got in. I got uh, in. Pavan's the plug. We already got the tailor. Yeah, Pavan's yeah. your plug's plug. Yeah. Anyway, so like, you plug deep. <laughs> yeah, no. What I was saying was, it's it's. I love I love the way you perform. I yeah. wish that I don't even know how to make a performance boot camp for some for some people in town. And that, yeah. the reason I say that is because we constantly have this debate about local talent. And what the caliber of local, if we can't complain that local talent, talent aren't making it to an international stage, if our performance level is yeah. not where it's supposed to be, we it's simply true, can't complain. Agreed. I mean, I guess like, because it's, because it's still like a burgeoning scene, there isn't like, it comes down to competition, you know? Yeah. So for me, when I, when I moved back to London in 99, I was just another, you know, I'd started rapping in Dubai. So I had, yeah. and I've been around rappers here and, you know, it was obviously it's a competitive art form and you're competitive and you're doing the thing, yeah. but... You know, when you're moving to London and there's like, you know, I moved there to I moved there to, to be a rapper, but more to be a drum and bass MC. And mm. so you moved there to, to yeah, to I mean, do drum was, and bass because I mean I started rapping here, but then we fell in love with drum and bass okay. and started doing that stuff. But then that was a thing that was like, you need to move to London because this is popping off. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, you know that it was like nine seven nine eight. You know, Stevie yeah. Hyper D, Skibbity, Shabadet, and I was just that shit just drove me mad. So moved to London, but like. That had blown up there for like two, three years before I got there. So of course, every single kid and every single hood and every single party, everybody's an MC. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And the thing is, this sh- jungle music in England was gangster music at that time. You know yeah. what I mean? So this is some like proper hood. You can't just come along and be like airy fairy with it. You need no. to represent it. It's frontline. So yeah, you know what I mean. So like, even the way like I'm kind of like a chilled out, kind of like funky, whatever. You know, like like, <laughs> like you I'm know, just but, the party, but, but when you, you get on the mic, of course, when yeah. you get on the mic, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, I mean, to that's, come but that's, rap. I think that's where like the the super competitive edge comes from, you yeah. know, because it's like yeah. so not being from London, being an Indian boy coming there from Dubai and kind of like finding my way into the scene. Like it was kind of like I I remember being at shows that I was emceeing yeah. and some bad man was there and he was like, I'm like I'm booked. He's like. I had to fight to get the mic back off him. Certain times I had to just oh, be wow. like, I'm just going to leave this because this is going to escalate and I'm going to... And, and someone's going to... Do you know what I mean? You don't want to deal with like, that, yeah. the bag of man in the dance and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, it's all good, you know? But then, yeah. you know, it was just... it was, But because of that as well, there was like so many raves and people competing to get it on. So we had to find a... You know, so I was fighting as an MC to go there, but then you couldn't just be an MC and elevate. You had to like do other things like have a record label or throw your own raves and book all the other DJs. Yeah. So do you know what I mean? So we started throwing our own raves and we had to act like we had an aspiration to yeah. move me and Dag Nabbit, Dag from Dubai as well. We had the aspiration to move to London and start a drum and bass label. That's mm. what we wanted to that do. That was the goal. That was yeah. The goal. So he was the guy who was making beats with us here. Actually it was to start a record label, but I think it was when we fell in love with drum and bass that was that was the plan. Anyway, so we started doing that. We were making yeah, so I think so. You know, by then I was I would just I was at university, but my aim was every day I would just be at a different rave, different open mic, and mm. I found that you know because we've been we went to all the the hip hop, the rap open mics as well, and I knew quite a few people in that scene already. It was just a much more chilled out, welcoming environment. It was still like London stush, but it was like okay, there's an open mic, anybody can get up and jump yeah. on. Yeah, but then. Hearing those rappers, they were rappers, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And that's like, you know, drum and bass MC is cool, but it's like, at that time, like, you're, I wouldn't count 90% of those 
because it's rappers, but this is like the rap scene where like- You had the luxury of being in both worlds. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like I came from hip hop, I already had like three, four years experience before I moved to London. So, you know, when I went there, I was kind of, I was like, yeah, but it was, again, I remember the first few open mics I got on, like this nervous energy that came inside me. It's like, you need to rip this like it's your life, you know? So, whereas maybe other people would just be going open mics all the time. When I went up there, I was just like, yeah! (laughs) You know, so then people started to take notice and I met people and then I just kept doing that. And I think like... But you know, that that eagerness that you had before, you even saw it on stage when he was uh, performing at, uh, like you still have it even though now. I don't think that voice ever leaves him. No, man, I fucking love it, And that's how you say that. And that's why you you said it, like his state, how he performed. You see that. But the thing is that I feel like with, with you is that there was there was a competitive nature that you've enjoyed, and yeah. that kind of and this is why like why we love competition is that you either make it or you step away. Yeah, right. So you got to fight everybody on your caliber yeah. to make it to the next. You can level. go make yourself better. Yeah, you could come back. Exactly. But don't stand here on stage and tell and, me you could. Yeah, exactly. don't do exactly. that. So it was also yeah. like, what do you want to do with this? You know what I'm saying? It's like I want to. I'm doing this because I'm. Do, this is my life. You know what I mean? It's my. Yeah. It's my life. I've made it my job. I don't. I mean, I could get another job, but would I be able to keep that job? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but the way the way I see it is like I'm lucky because my mom brought me up on rock and roll music. So when I see like, oh, they're doing a concert. That is a concert. That's a show. That's yeah. a stadium. They're going. They're not doing shows. They're doing tours. They're doing yeah. world tours. You know. So it's like if I'm going to be a rapper, be an artist. Okay, I'm not going to just go and kick it at an open mic and be a tough guy. You know what I mean? Like I got to write an album. I got to put an album out. I got to do singles. I got to do videos. So it's like, I'm going to do all of these things. You yeah. know. So I, I think like just because like there was such a strong passion from my mom and her friend Ellie in in music that like it kind of opened our eyes to what this could be and. By seeing, you know, people on all of these levels up there, you kind of understand where you fit in the whole thing. Yeah. You know? And being like a guy who's got 12 bars from Dubai, you know what I mean? You understand that you're at the bottom of the You're, you're like oh, beneath yeah. I mean, the bottom feeder. You know I mean? yeah. yeah. So it's like... <laughs> Nobody you know, wants you to work yeah. you know? so And that's the beauty of it. I feel like, and because of that, you put in the, you put in the work in studio and recording music, but... When you get on stage, and I think that's your experience in London, trying to you know make a name for yourself. Yeah, you had to come in correct. You had to come in full energy for people to notice you on stage. So you you're theatrical when you're on stage, and then you've got lyrical skill in studio, and that's what you needed to stand out. Yeah, out of everybody else in the city. I mean, for for me as well is like I've been like I've seen shows that blow my mind. You know what I'm saying? I remember seeing. For me, I think one of one of the most pinnacle shows I saw was Busta Rhymes in about it was like 2000, no, 2001. So when he still had dreads, yeah, bro. And that was the time. And it was mad. It was the show was like it was fabulous. Snoop Dogg, Busta Rhymes, and Fifty Cent. And it where was, was in, it? Was it in it London? In, no, it was in Long Island. Mm. And it was in, I don't know where it was, but it was on this island there. And there was like the, the water, the sea behind it. Yeah. And the sun set like, yeah. behind the stage. And then they came on stage. Yeah. Bruv. And well, that's <laughs> what they do <laughs> at a concert. <laughs> no, when the sun, if you time, if you time it, so when the sun sets, it's yeah. almost, you're, you're building a pinnacle. Yeah. yeah. You no, no. know, as, this, so, this, as soon as the sun hits, sun yeah, just going to go that's, down. And that's Buster Rhymes had that. Set. Yeah, exactly. So came, that's the came best on, set to have. He came on as this guy was going orange and they had these white tracksuits ah, on with like the yes. little, him and Spliff style with the little yeah, orange yeah, yeah. rainbow things. Oof. They come on stage and the sun's starting to set. And then about halfway through a set, it's dark. And basically Buster's energy, the way he ran the set was like, you know, plus like at that yeah. time I'd heard all the jungle stuff. I've been listening to, you know, like, you know, Capleton and Sizzler for like five, six years. And I love hip hop music. I love Tribal yeah. Quest. And it's like seeing the way 
you know, it was just it was just a massive like cultural convergence of yeah. like you know. New York, London, Jamaica, being there. All coming to as, life. You know, aspiring MC, but wow. the way his energy, and also like Snoop Dogg's show was nice before that was with the band and they were just super West Coast smoked out. Fabulous was on at the beginning. He was whack. I mean, like, I'm sorry yeah. to say. He's, like, he's, he's not great on stage. You know, it was cool, but then, you know, but then seeing that Buster Rhyme shot, I literally just fing lost my You, you, you were I mean? baptized. That's at the bar. That was like, <laughs> okay, this is a show because yeah. it's like, like, I've I've seen some legendary people like if you if you made me go and watch a rap show today I would generally like I find ninety percent of rap shows boring I'm not mm. lying to you like it's just okay seeing a guy on but, stage no but you know what I totally agree to that the I last mean, time yeah. the last time I felt like like serious energy at a, at a, at a hip hop show yeah. was the Method Man and Red Man Up and Smoke tour Do you know what I'm saying because Cypress Hill opens yeah and then they come on stage and they're in their mid to late forties right now. Yeah. They get on stage. They've got more energy oh, than the twenty-one-year-old in the audience. And the thing is, the potential of what you can do with it, yeah. and people want that. It's like, you know, I mean, it's. I think it's a disrespect to not give it to them. You know what yeah. I mean? Plus, like for me, it's like maybe I'm a massive attention seeker. I probably <laughs> you I, are. I definitely do, am. Do we need to hear you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm getting my own it. kicks out of it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I don't know, man. I think. I mean, I've always. I wanted to be in a band since I was like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. And it being through the whole rock and roll thing, it was all about it being a spectacle, high energy release situation. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for me to not bring that, especially when you can, I mean, I've, like, I've, I've been to shows and the difference between seeing a show that blows your mind and a show that's all right, it's like almost like, I can't, you know, I mean, I, it's not I lose respect for an artist, but I'm just like, look, like, I think, but then think, also certain people have a certain style. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, for example, I've seen a lot of people get pissed off at Madlib. You know what I mean? Because they're like, one is, you know, expecting yeah. something, but he, but Madlib, Madlib is such an style. introvert. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Like that's Madlib's character. But then you saw the Princess Nokia show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. she, she blow your mind. That was that's what I want to do. That you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that girl. Trust she's me, got the talent. amount of guys that were, that were worried from our side about they're never going to get their ID back because of how much she cussed on stage was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I think I think that's part of it is that I, I believe we don't have a way to navigate. Right now, I want to see an artist, but I believe not every artist is a performer. Some of you, yeah, you know, and, and and I think if 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 we just had it's that a kind of skill set. category that yeah. the, this person performs, yeah, I mean, it's theater for me. Every, everything, every situation is different. You know what I'm saying? And it just, I, I don't know. Maybe because, but also, some people really don't like performing. You know? What yeah. I mean? So get off the stage. Yeah. <laughs> like the world is open, but the world is open up enough. You don't pe- have to tour but anymore. People need to eat. People want to see you. you I know, feel you'll sell I, tickets. But then, I, I disagree. But then, but then, I think the I think, but if you're going to present yourself in a certain way, I think that it. Okay, fine. You don't have to be like some super high energy performer, but then yeah. you should tailor, tailor your performance to be something yeah. else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To get your message across. But don't, like, in the, in the end of the day, any half gets, you know, you can see that. You know, people have high standards and people are seeing other people do it, you yeah. know? So, and also people, you know, people have, especially if you're a decent artist, people have really high standards, you know, and they won't take into consideration that you've been traveling yeah. no. for 24 hours and you're hungover and you've got some family dramas going on and, yeah. you know what I mean? But that, I feel like that's the thing. It's it's kind of, you know, when they tell you, oh, show up to work and leave your problems at home. It kind of fits that category where when you get on stage, there's there's an energy that's expected yeah. to be reciprocated between yeah. you and the audience. Of course, of course. But you're right. not filing at a bank. You're an emotional human being. <laughs> no, giving, granted, I agree. Yeah. You know yourself I mean, to the universe course, yeah. in but, that but moment, that, and that's what the audience comes for. Yeah, yeah sure. But, I mean, but the, the, like, I, I I agree with you, and you need to be fully, you know, you present at all times. But I also like on the flip side, this is a it's a crazy, crazy it's industry, especially for artists. Like, it's like. 
it's you know I'm not saying oh poor artists you know we live a dream life and I'm grateful for that every day but it's not easy especially if you're independent you know yeah. what I'm saying and like the way that you live and your dedication to your art form the sacrifices that you have to make that everybody you know like the normal life that everybody gets to live and the normal progression and and perceived success that society puts on you you don't have those same things you know so whether you like it or not people are comparing or trying to compare your general progression to other people's progression and you know what I mean it's like and also in terms of as you get older as an artist especially in hip hop man it's new every day you want to hear the yeah. new 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 do you know what I'm saying I'm yeah. 38 years old now and it's like fortunately I'm all, I'm into the new style of weird I'm, I'm into whatever's new and I'm into and mm. I you know I, I can flip and I, I, I love all the cutting edge but there's other people who you know their front is completely obsolete and yeah. it keeps happening. I mean, there's there's artists from 2009 then who are obsolete now. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the art forms moved on, and they're, you know, they don't necessarily feel comfortable to move yeah. in that direction because it's not authentic to them. So it's just there's a lot of battles that people have to fight. Yeah. You know? So mm. it's yeah. A, so and being in that kind of a situation and moving on, still touring, but then I don't know. It's it's, it's it, every situation is really complex, but I think you just need to just. Just, just stay strong and just kind yeah. of have the love and just tap into the beauty of what things are rather than getting bogged down by what's not happening or what could happen. You need yeah. to understand that as humans, we have the power to create, Yeah, you know, and yeah. it's just take a breath. Well, I mean, you've been able to, you've been able to perform and create music cross category. What do you credit that to? I, I think it's just the fact that I've been into lots of different types of music. You know, I think mm. I, I, I can attribute that to the fact that my mother brought me up on rock and roll and heavy metal music I attributed to the era of music that we grew up on I attributed it to the fact that like when you used to put on MTV back in the day you get Michael Jackson then you get Faith No More then you get Shanice then you get so and so then you get you know what I mean yeah. we, like pop music was incredible we got you know when we were growing up like you know Nirvana was pop music mm. you know what I mean like Snoop Doggy Dog was pop music that was yeah. you know like th I mean th it's an incredible era of music now as well but like Attributed, I don't know, just just being being open minded, really. You know, yeah. just like how you know, just no, falling I, in love with that much diverse yeah. stuff when you're young. Because like today, if I drop a trap beat, yeah. you're gonna go off with it, no yeah. problem. You drop a drum and bass, you got no problem. And if I drop an 808 yeah. old school hip hop beat, you're you've got it. Um, yeah, I mean, f sorry, sorry, we're gonna say no. I was just gonna say like yeah, you, you have mean, an open mindedness to it. Yeah, for me, as a, I think for me as an MC, there's two sides to it. I'm open minded with music, but also grew up in the era that like. If you're an MC, you have to be able to flip on all the styles. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you can't be an MC and be like, "Oh, I can't freestyle." It's like from all, from my era, it's like you you oh, you can write raps, you can't freestyle. Get out of here. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you have to learn how to freestyle. But then for me, falling in love with drum and bass and falling in love with garage music, falling in love with grime, hip hop, it's like they're all very similar, but they're very different. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like so it's important for me. Like when you you can even within rap music, you know, hearing. Double fast, double time flows. Hearing bone, uh, hearing bone thugs and bone thugs when I was like twelve years old, opened my mind to a whole new world. So it's mm. like, as a you know, as a rapper, you can't be a one trick pony, you know. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's like I love all of these elements, and there's a way that like I, the, I'm not a producer, I'm not a DJ, right? So how do I express my love for drum and bass? I have to do it through being an MC. So if I want to be at the drum and bass party and I want to have a drum and bass career, I'm gonna be an MC and mm. you know what I mean and I hear things that inspire me and I do that like if you play guitar you can't you know and you you can you can like heavy metal music you can like flamenco music you can like jazz music you know it's up to, it's up to you what you're into yeah yeah you know 
Okay, so take it back to the way it started here. I mean, how does it feel coming back and seeing what the music scene is currently like in Dubai at the moment? It's nice, man. It's nice to see that because it's nice. Dubai is such a transient place that people come and go. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to see that there's people who have been doing it for 10 years here now. You know yeah. what I mean? There's people who have been around for a minute. There's people who have been here for 15 years. You know, if you like, look at like Assad, you know, from Bullfong Zoo. He's been here for a hot Yo. minute now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are like the OGs and the thing. And there's, it's nice that people can go and come back. And it's nice that Dubai generally is an international player on the media side now and the presentation. And it's like, with the, with the way that it's grown, it's become an attraction for people and artists and musicians and just all sorts of people to come from all over, all over the world. And I think with that, I think, as you said, like, you know, Dubai has become a world-class place in terms of many aspects of it. I think it has a way to go with a few things, but in terms of presentation, media, access to incredible videographers, style, fashion, you know, all of these other cutting-edge industries, they're right at front. Music is slightly different because it needs a cultural like um, it needs to ferment in the society mm. a little bit more. And I think music is something that starts, that real inspiration starts with the schools. But when kids turn 18, they leave. And I think that's a big, uh, big, big problem. Do you see a solution to that? Um, mm. I, th I, th I, th I think there's, a, I mean, there's more and more, I mean, people are staying, but I think, um, I think the kids in the school should be embraced because there's a lot of talented and aspirant. Look, look, at, look at Zenden, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's an example of a kid. And, I, and I'll tell you, like the kid, the music that we were making and all the friends, my friends were making when we were all in school and EC and DC and Shoifat and all of that stuff, there was some sick stuff going on, but there wasn't a place that we could put it out. So we there had was to no throw illegal yeah. parties, you know? Yeah. But like, but that's one. They would sorry. have goodbye parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, but nowadays there's like, oh, there's so many, I've seen so many more musicians and there's so much more demand for diverse type. I mean, like even back in the day, find cover bands, this and that, but then you'd meet the odd people yeah. here. Like, oh, you're so-and-so and you're actually like, you're backing singer from Massive Attack. And you know what I mean? Just like, you know, yeah. people like yeah. that, you know, just in the cut over here. But then mm. it's, it's really interesting because like, you know, ASAP Ferger was here the other day for his birthday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fredo was here chilling with so-and-so's cousin. So Fredo's mm. out in Dubai. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and plus like with places like base, people keep yeah. coming and going. And people yeah. have lived here for so long. Their cousin is this or so-and-so. So there's lots of connections to the music industry. But and I, th I think now that people are starting to realize that there is talent here and also people are putting, I think there's the convergence of the different media platforms. Like the fact that I think Instagram has made, has helped it a certain amount because people are understanding like you've got the fashion people and you've got the music people and you've got the artists coming together to create amazing yeah. content and they realize oh a, I want to do now. this but I need a rapper oh there's rappers here yeah. well, speak to and rappers you know what I'm saying like, <laughs> there's a space of there's a space of convergence where they all yeah. kind of come together and just create masterpieces yeah. together and I feel now as an artist I can be based here and take it to the world with the resources that I have here that I agree Agreed. with completely you know because I, mean? I, I think that that's something as well it, th this place needs you to stay but yeah. you can't be you without engaging with the world yeah. constantly. But I think that's the same as anywhere. Like I, I know lots of people who move to Berlin to become techno artists. But if you go to Berlin and you're just trying to, you're expecting Berlin to Berlin give you is a not going to embrace you. I mean, like, no, you know, won't. Berlin's amazing. But the thing is, like, you can't just go to Berlin. Like, you're not going to earn enough money in Berlin no. to live. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, if you, you can move to Berlin and if you have a career all over the world, then you're living a nice life. You know, yeah. so. You have to make sure. That, but the thing is, it's, but I think it's, also the competitive landscape. Of like, course, but you need it, that competition because no, this agree. place it, doesn't have that competition. That's, like that's what I, I was think come if to you haven't here. been cut, 
then yeah, you need to go cut a, your leather over you there. You need to be somewhere that is aggressive and violent and savage to teach you yeah. how to be able to stand on your own two feet yeah. as we're, an artist. We're terribly I mean, competitive. Every person sitting at this table right now yeah. is extremely competitive. <laughs> yeah, we are. I mean, Dubai, does, Dubai is competitive in certain ways as well. But I guess like what you're competing with, if I, I haven't said that, if you really are a student of the art form. Yes. You know what I mean? If you really are a student of the art form, you yeah. know and you understand it, and you have all of the, you have more than enough resources mm-hmm. being in, in Dubai now. Like you can really make some world class stuff and take it to the world. Yeah, that's that's you know what, what I mean? we always say on the show. We yeah, repeat yeah. it time and time again. Yeah. Dubai magnifies you. Yeah. So if you are a student of this craft, yeah, then you're in a place where your art form will be magnified. Yeah. Definitely. If you have a drinking problem, if you have, if you have uh, an insecurity problem, if you've got, if you want whatever it is, yeah, that will be magnified, Equally and it's magnified. on you, yeah. to to navigate that. It's yeah. not it's not Dubai. Yeah. No. It's you that has to navigate that. Because the city the city is so small with a lot of power. Mm. Yeah. Right. And this is the beauty of it. And it's like one of our friends used to say, is like, is that there are, you know, around the world, you got six degrees of separation. Mm. But then you come to Dubai, it's three. Yeah. And if you're smart, you hide behind, you hide behind two, the bro. second. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but this is yeah. what's great about it. And that's the leverage that the city allows for it. Because what you need to be able to do is eventually export your culture the same way New Yorkers exported what hip hop is to them. And the yeah. same way LA exported theirs. And the same way, you know, drum and bass and grime has been exported to the world from London. Yeah. So then, you know, we got to find whatever this is here that we want to export. And being having this contact constantly of staying on trend, what is happening. Um, and also, now you're not competing with the other kids in your city anymore. Yeah. You're competing with every other um, electronic DJ out there. You're yeah. competing with every other artist who is within your genre, within your universe. And that should be reason enough for you to want to be able to compete and play. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think there's, there's two ways to, there's, coming from Dubai and being an artist from Dubai, there's two ways to do it. Either you can, like, because you have to create, like, this whole kind of ecosystem around you, you know? So it's, it, it takes a lot of socializing. It takes a lot of promotion, which can get quite expensive and quite difficult. If, and also, if you're not an extrovert, like, you know, by hook or by crook, I am an extrovert because I need to get my done. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... Like it's quite difficult, but then also convincing people here who can't. You need to basically you need to you need to convince people and get them on your side. Actually, it's no different to anywhere else, man. So you just have to really make the effort and speak to everybody and not be discriminatory and just kind of take it upon yourself to educate people about what this is, yeah, and then bring them to the table and then create this ecosystem and then bridge the gap to the rest of the world. Do you know what I mean? So if you've got this, you you you're, you start doing your events, start getting building your following, and then but in the same time you're showing them these amazing artists and then you bring one of these amazing artists out and then you bring one of these people to enjoy it and then strategically you can place yourself as the opening act or the DJ or the promoter or when they're here you can make a collab with them in the studio you know what I mean like as hard as it is here there are other things which make it easier you know? yeah. and the thing is the fact that it's an attractive place to come no, people will come. Yeah, it's yeah. But so, so he's just given every Dubai artist the keys to the city, by the way. Yeah, he did. That last 35 seconds, yeah. I'm telling you right now, was a playbook it for is. exactly, mm-hmm. for those of you who, like like for for me anyway, when I question like, how do I make it? You've basically just summarized it in like like under a minute. Yo, I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example, man. Like, when, so 96 rapping and then we heard jungle music. Like we heard all the drum and bass taste. I was like, this is incredible. So what we did was like, Bang, we started buying vinyls, getting everything. Nowadays, you can just go on Beatport and buy it all. You know, you can get it and you can just go, you can find out exactly. You yeah. can get a 10 years worth of sets, whatever. But then anyway, those days, we, you know, we had to wait till so-and-so's come and get all the vinyl. 
we couldn't, obviously we're 16, 17, 18, we couldn't go to any clubs or anything. So we used to go to DIMC and book out the sports hall and then get us wow. book out the sports <laughs> hall. Really? Go fill up, get a sound system, bang, make our own flyers, go to all the parties, you know, all the bars in Dubai, whatever. You have one of these cool. flyers? I've got some in my house. Yo, yeah. yo. Yeah, 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 can yeah, I, yeah. Can you, can I, I get some. a picture? Yeah, yeah. Like, we, we need those laminated wanna, and hanging up on the wall. I want to put them up. So, yeah, it needs to be laminated up on a wall. Because yeah. what is culture but that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What That's is how it started. And then we had like three DJs, four DJs, MCs playing house, double red, the thing. Got the sound system in there. Charge fifty dirhams to come in. Everybody fifty cool. dirhams. Yo. Just me. Yeah, but I mean, no. I won't even Humble. pay fifty dirhams now. Humble. Yeah, whatever. That is. But the thing is, it was amazing. But the thing, the, the, thing, the thing that was dope was like we could wear whatever we want to this party. We didn't have to wear trousers yeah. and put on black shoes to get into rock bottom or not get into rock. Yeah, bottom. Yeah, the, ru- the rules yeah. of the clubs and bars don't apply. You know? Yeah. But then, so we started doing that. Back in the day, there was like there was a whole raving subculture here. I don't know if you know about it. These I've heard about young. it. I've heard about it, but I've heard like these scattered stories about oh, it. Tell me. Okay, so there's this legendary crew out here called the Strike Crew. The Strike. Crew. Yeah. Have you okay. heard of them? No, what year, what no. year was um, this is like this is like nine five nine six okay nine four nine nine five nine yeah nine five nine we started hearing about them nine five like who the like my mate Keith comes back and he's like oh many people and we went to the we went to the desert yeah. and he came back he had this little like fly which was like a vortex and it looked like a little rave I was like bro mm. what is this He's like, yeah, man, we just met these people and then we met them and then we all drove in like um like you know like on convoy convoy yeah, yeah. In the desert and they had wow. the sound system and we had this. Rave all night, met these amazing people. I'm like, anyway, a couple of times started, you know, met them and then, but then, you know, they would also throw parties in places like in there or somewhere, just yeah. like mm-hmm. decorate it. Like there used to be these parties called Fire Island. Mm. They used to throw at the ski club, but before they, That's so like where they strike got the crew was, from. Strike, strike crew was there. <laughs> and then like these Fire Island guys were throwing, this another rave crew that were throwing, yeah. ra- you know, like raves. This is like, but then because of that, that stuff was happening and like, British expat scene. Do you remember who are, who are the people that used to run those? Like who yeah, are the I members? Remember, I remember. I remember them, but like, do you know yeah. them now? I know some of them. Okay, like, I need few, one or two quite, of them. Quite please. a few of them have passed away. I'm so know. sorry. Oh, to get may they rest in peace. That's how old yeah, this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, there's this one lady, this German lady. She used to work for Emirates. Okay. Right? But then she, because she always used to work for Emirates, she was always traveling. So every week, every every week, she, she had the hook stack of vinyls. Every week, bang, 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 bang. You hear it with the freshest, newest, like. And from all over the world yeah. too. Yeah. Like she was Hardcore never in one spot at the same time. Like, go to the house and it was like the whole honor, room was man. just wax. Amazing. They used to throw these sick parties. And, um, but yeah, anyway, so it was around that time that they started thinking, oh cool, we'll start bringing DJs out from England. So they'd bring like, like who was it? Like Judge Jules or like, mm. you know, Brandon Block. And these were like, the, there was like, it was called In The Mix. These were the slightly more commercial parties. Yeah. Okay. But then they kind of started that off the back of all of these people who were doing all these underground parties at the same time. But yeah, it was trippy, man. So like then we started throwing our parties in about 97 and they were like the jungle parties because that's what we wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, because that's your brand. Like, that's what you wanted. It's like, oh, you, guys love. you know, like, oh, but like, Actually, I'm tripping, man. Because like even before, yeah, like not, yeah. But say it was around that time, nine five, nine six. I remember in the trade center, they had one big rave in the trade center halls there, oh, and they wow. had somebody playing, and there was a DJ, and he was just playing pure speed garage, man. And oh my like, god! <laughs> what the? F-? You know, like yeah, it's like like <laughs> Dubai, and then suddenly some guy, some guys just coming and playing pure upfront madness, you know. Yeah. But for me, like I just wanted to go raving at those days, so it's like <laughs> I don't care if the DJ was playing hard house. Yeah, yeah, I don't care yeah. If the DJ was playing yeah. Cytrons. You just you just wanted to be on that high. Shock out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, you know, hearing all that stuff, but then we were like, nah, this is like, we're going to f***. Yeah, we've got all our jungle tapes in the taxi. <laughs> like, listen to this f***ing weird hippie motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, 
So we started throwing our drum and bass parties, and then then they all started coming to our drum and bass parties, and they were like, "Oh, this is the jungle scene, yeah. it's a little jungle scene in Dubai." And then Ben Mac Four came a little bit afterwards, and then that's when Global Funk started. Mm. After that, like, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so flyers, anything you have, like, yeah, yeah. okay. By the way, you're now on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're back. Are you? Did you? This is your first Instagram. This is your. Well, like, there's the foreign beggars Instagram, but this, no, I but that doesn't Instagram. count. Yeah, yeah, you're on now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, on, I'm on, I'm on, in, on the Insta. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to dismiss foreign beggars. <laughs> like, like, fuck that. No, those guys. Yeah, I might, I might start letting some of those off. We had this one flyer through, like, it was my, 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 my one of my best friends, Abrae's seventeenth birthday party. And we threw a house party in my house. And like my parents are out. T- my my mum was in town. <clears throat> but then we built four scaffolding pylons and put lights and sound system and all of that stuff. <laughs> did, wait, did you build them yourself? Yeah, no, no, no. Danny Saloon made. You know Danny Saloon? <laughs> His painting company. <laughs> you know? This is what I'm talking wow. about. So you got wow. so, you know, we spoke to Tony Saloon and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take it, take it, take it. So, no, take for so, you. Yeah. Okay, no problem. So, so we got the scaffolding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have a party. And he's like, where is he? Where is he? He's like, I need Mokia, I know him from Lebanon. And then they have a chat on the phone. Yeah, like, no problem. So we had this party. Wow. Bro, this shit was crazy. So we built these four scaffolding pylons. The DJ booth was up on the balcony. Cordless mic, sound system downstairs. Wow. Shut up. Bang. Next level. Next level. This is my 17th birthday. I got the flyer. So like, the flyer looks like the train spotting logo. Yeah. Like the train spotting <laughs> covered with our faces on it. <laughs> nice. And then like uh, like a little ray flyer with like, yeah, Shut up, Wait, wait, wait. So, so did you guys, wait, yeah. I want to understand the construction Yo, of this flyer. this is crazy. How did you make this flyer? You cut out the poster and you yeah, put your faces it, and then you no, photocopied it? No, 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 we made it on like paint, Photoshop. On, kind on, of on paint. Paint, okay. paint, paint was the OG. Paint. You know what I mean? Shout out yeah. to paint, the OG Photoshop. Shout out to paint. Yo, for real. So then, yeah, we just formatted it. Printed it and sucked to us. We could get the double sided perfect, Sick. and then cut them up, and then we made our little VIP thing. <laughs> but yo, the thing is, it's important. Here's the thing: like we, I would love to have copies of those, even if we frame them and yeah, hang them, because no one's talking about this history. Yeah, because None. I don't. It's not that no one remembers it, but yeah. rather, why would you talk about it? Like what environment? So yeah. for me, it's one of those things where put a flyer up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or re- yeah, yeah, let's yeah, recreate yeah. the flyers. Like yeah. I just think, yeah, yeah. don't Which tell me recreate there's the party. Yes, Yo. yes, yes. Are you kidding me? I think for me, this is one of those things. It's the, my my first challenge when people say there's no culture here. No, there was. It yeah. just it, it, you just, it just wasn't just curated. Just it just I mean? wasn't curated. No, no, it just, yeah. You weren't invited. Documented. I wasn't invited. That's exactly. it. You just weren't, but this is the thing. Like these are the stories that. I always like I remembered some of those in the city and we I talk about them but every time I get a chance with someone who's, mm. who's been part of it or you know um had a role to play in these in these sessions because this is so important and I think that even for for the younger MCs today because mm. a lot of them had this habit of like crediting themselves to be the first to do something or 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 one thing or, or yeah. the other I'm like no 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 but Yo, no. these people did it back then, and like, and I would remember, like, you know, the parties at Alpha, and like, yeah. what the and the house parties they used to organize, or like, when Danny tells you he used to raid house parties and crash parties, and 
ends up meeting Ronnie Jackson, like takes records and, from Ronnie and Ronnie Jackson. gave him his first record. Ron, yeah, yeah. Like so, like, oh, wow, and, but deep, yeah. Man. So if yeah. you listen to Danny's episode, he yeah. said like he saw Ronnie and Ronnie he was he he heard a record and he asked Ronnie what is this record and Ronnie gave him his first record. Sick, Ronnie Jackson. Yeah, plug, like, like, like I look and all of your lives intersected in very much the same way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and and you guys all kind of like well we don't have it here so let's just make it. Yeah, like yeah. you made your own flyers, you started it, you built your own platforms, you you stole a wireless mic it sounds and then you like, <laughs> <laughs> you rented it from the guy who does my mom's Diwali parties there we go come on Yo, the Indian plug the Indian yeah. plug man. The Indian plug in the city. Yeah, Yo, shout out to them I know I, I, I'm just so down I just think I want to go down this journey I'm going to yeah. try and I'm going to try and interview all the people from that time yeah. and see what and we see uncover yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah, willing yeah. to wager if you ever argue that was the music scene like that's that, the yeah, music yeah. scene right? that's what it was dude I could tell you from that era right I could tell you six death metal bands. I could tell you six indie bands. I could Yo. tell you three, four different rap groups that came out. Right. I could tell you eight, ten different DJs. Come on, there was a scene, man. And we there were was a partying scene. properly. Because no, when people say, people say it a lot, there's just no culture. I'm like, no, 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 no that's no. a cult, that's yeah. culture. That's yeah, a scene. You guys yeah. were making sounds, exactly. like you were making music to, to, to express your world. Yeah. But, then, I, but then again, sorry, to cut go, you go off, ahead. But then again, that was in within that, that school, you know what I mean? Like half yeah. of us were in school. Like I'd say 80% of us were like in schools or kind of coming out of schools, you know? Yeah. But now there's universities here. There's, there's got to be people, man. Like, as, and this is with like, if you look at, that was back in the day when there was like, like a thirtieth of the people that are actually here Absolutely. now with youth. So there's got to be. I think maybe it's just opening up youth forums, like what you guys are doing here. Do you know what I mean? I guess this is like a slightly older people, like professional people. But if definitely, you, if you, like, yeah. yeah, like I don't know, man. But we connect well, with them. I mean, it's even like. You know what? What Aaron and the recipe did with Tech and yeah. with the young guys, all these yeah. younger guys in their in their ten year anniversary yeah. gig, like giving them a platform and a space to showcase their skill. Yeah, well, I, got, I got a shout out Sean from Red Bull, man, because he's also kind of yeah, Sean Warner, Sean yeah, Warner, because he's getting in there and he's like, you know, because he's also coming from a perspective where he doesn't have politics with anybody. He's coming as an outsider, but he's exactly. just going straight for exactly what's what. And this is dope, and this is dope, and this is yeah, dope and that's what matters. It's just. Yeah. You know, developing that credibility for the sounds here. Yeah, that's what on the, on the top line. But I think, yeah, but yeah, but also like teaching art, like mentoring and stuff yeah. like that. I think there are some more mature people who could help and teach. Like, you know, you guys, I'm sure you could teach so many people about industry and presentation and professionalism and, you know, what it takes. I think yeah. as older people, we can definitely do that. I think it's a part of our responsibility. It but is. then this is something you know, that I was talking to you about when we were sitting outside mm. is like, at some right now, I feel like you're about. I think you're about to go on another trajectory. Yeah. So like, do you take someone on like as a, as a mentor? It's a lot to take some yeah, you know true. someone on. But I think Pavan's like on the verge of something really yeah. remarkable. It's I don't true. I don't know if people I don't like for me it's about how do people get what you're trying to do here because when I'm I've been I've been seeing some of the stuff and it's actually. It, it, it's quite inspired, you know, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. yo, I don't know how are you gonna tell people what it is. Um, <laughs> like, they just have to wait and see, man. It's just like, and in the end of the day, like, I'm inspired by what I see, you know. Yeah. Really, you know, like, I think, I mean, I've been doing this rap thing for a long time, and I think, you know, it needs to take it to a wider, a wider, you know, level of artistry to be able to cut through the noise again. Definitely. You know I mean? So it's um, yeah, I've just learned how to do things properly. And just, mm. uh, as I said, man, like you just got to reevaluate your aspirations and, you know, if that is doing it, why the aren't I doing it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you got to figure out what you got to do to get there. Yeah. And so Reevaluating your aspirations. Right. That I'm was great. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't care. Okay. No, that's all right. <laughs> we don't care. You can cuss all you want. No, but I also, uh, I agree to that uh, very strongly. And I feel like it is our responsibility. And I look at people like us and 
you know, I think it's their responsibility too. I'm like, you guys, we need, it's, it's on us to make this work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like Abri is one of those guys who's been doing this so long. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows Abri's trajectory and his journey in this music game. Yeah, man. Since from the times Club Alpha was banging before there was a club base. Yeah. And a club white in town. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, these and, you know, people such as yourself and Danny and Ronnie, like it's all up to us to kind of, you know, be a, give a lending hand and actually help people out and be like, all right, what do you need? You know, let, let's see, how can we work this out? What is it? How can we help with what? But more importantly, like actually pointing them in the right direction because, um, you know, a lot of them complain like, oh, you know, people are not supporting local artists. And I always argue against that. It's not that we're not supporting local artists, but we're supporting local artists that have potential or those that are actually good. Yeah, also local artists. Like, think about what are you doing for the wider music community here? What are you bringing to the table besides yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah. yeah. You come in somewhere and be like, oh, you need to support me. It's like, what the f- have you done to further this art form, further this music, yeah. or further the music scene in this place? You know what I mean? So, yeah. This is something that, like, I can't, I, like, if you look at the artists that we try to support, I feel like they have a brand that they understand, yeah. that yeah. they're constantly elevating and pushing and escalating. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes, in my mind, you got to be gigging or you've got to be working for at least four or five something. years before I start looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that means you've got all the out of the way. I agree. Unless you're a prodigy of some sort, which I haven't seen in town yet. It This is not an overnight success. Yeah. Like, no. Pavan's this been is, working like... <laughs> 96, 96. Since 96, yeah. 97. That's what it takes to get to his caliber. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not ready to look at you yet until I know you've put that time in. Uh, like, you know? Also, young artists, aspiring artists, you're young. You know lots of young people out there. Young people want to come and party. Put the party on and then put the show on. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. like Contribute first. Come on, do you know what I'm saying? you got a friend with a fat house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get yeah. a sound system. Put the show <laughs> you on. You know what to yeah. do. But that's the thing. Yeah, like, <laughs> the thing is, if you can't throw a party... No one ain't coming to your party, fam. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's true. It's yeah. true. And, and that's exactly like contribute first, feed it, grow feed, it, feed and the it will first. feed you yeah. over time. Yeah. But, you know, and I think that's where it comes out. Like you always got to feed it first. You know what I mean? So after your first party, bang, make some sick t shirts. So at the second party, you could sell some t shirts. Yeah. I don't know, man. Whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Just get your hustle. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. No, I love it, man. I mean, dude, it's it's been amazing. With permission, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get permission from your mom. Uh, <laughs> OT is like no. I'm suspicious no, I'm not sure because here's the thing sometimes your mom might not get what you're doing buddy yeah, do you it's anyway true. thank uh, you dude, this is awesome man. your time Yo, your time your wisdom you. your history you. thank you um, fam so usually at, at the end of every session we just ask people for a drop for us to play at the beginning of the show but yeah. other than a drop I want to freestyle from you on this you one freestyle yeah yo or we could play a beat for you and hit you with some new bars I got okay sweet jeez I just wrote this yesterday Oh, okay. All right, now we're live. Hey, yo, what's good? Pav on brand new ish. Just wrote this yesterday. Old type Billane. Foreign beggars. The Khan show. The boy, let's get it. Yo, hideous. Infamy. I've been a villain since infancy. Born and bred into a surgery. My cadence composure was urgency. My presence is cause for emergency. Conscripted and built for the world to see. Victor the set is to purgatory me up as a pen in eternity. Hideous. Infamy. I've been a villain since infancy Born and bred into a surgery My cadence composure was urgency Presence is cause for emergency Conscripted the bill for the world to see Convicted and sentenced to purgatory My efforts are pen in eternity I've never been scared of authority Authority rendered me novelty I never give aid to policies i never made space for the wannabes Mentally living in poverty Success is a flipping anomaly The rest are committing atrocities The system was built to admonish me Say you're trying to be free You just want to chase paper Everyone finna get out here waiting on a savior 
Everyone looking on the bringing Better man trying to get a favour You ain't doing nothing for your people Still trying to get your name in the paper Everyone finna take credit No one finna put the work in Everyone looking like someone No one out here finna try learning Everyone finna try burning Finna try taking something without earning When you believe the lies you've been spurning How these tables finna start turning Come on, hideous infamy Up in the villa sissifacy Get it Cheese. Lovely Yes, yes Papa, man, appreciate it, man. <laughs> so good, man. Check the Insta, yeah? P P P A A A. Can't even say it. Sit down.